0: Welcome back to the Yoga Teacher Resource Podcast. Today's episode is a reality check about teaching yoga full time. We will talk about what teaching yoga full time requires as far as skills and resources, how it can affect your practice and your teaching, and the benefits of choosing to teach yoga part time. Before I get started, I want to say thank you to everyone who has left a review on this podcast so far. This morning I was taking my usual walk, which is down by the river near my house, and I had a sudden urge for some reason to check the reviews on the podcast. I hadn't done it in a few weeks, and I just, I don't know, I just felt like I needed to do that, and so I sat down on a bench right overlooking the river which is kind of high right now. We had some flooding a few weeks ago and I pulled up my phone and started looking at reviews and the very first one that was at the top which means it's the newest review like I just got I got a few lines in it and tears started running down my face and it just it was this it was positive (laughs) it was good tears. It hit me really deeply. Because there was this very sincere praise on topics that are actually like insecurities for me. So it was incredibly affirming and healing, I think. And I want to thank all of you who have left reviews so far because they've all been really positive. (laughs) And I've been, I'm just so grateful I have 13 reviews. I've only had my podcast up a month. I think that's amazing. Um, I've been told by other podcasters that you can't really compare metrics because every podcast is different. Every audience is different. So you really need to just look at your own stats and not really worry about how they measure up compared to other people's stats. And I've been trying to do that. So for me, 13... Reviews is incredible, and I'm super excited for each one of them. Over the past few weeks, and especially in the last day or two, as I've been talking to people, as people have been reaching out to me, and then especially this morning as I read that one particular review that just really hit me so deeply, I'm starting to understand that this podcast is actually working, that it's actually fulfilling the vision that I had for it. And that is one of the most uplifting things that you can imagine. I believe that we all get into teaching yoga hoping to have an impact, hoping to make a positive impact on the world. And we often struggle with finding our voice and knowing what the best format is for our message. Like everybody else, I have a small voice in the back of my head, and I'm not even always aware that it's there until. The moment where it starts to get louder, that's telling me that it's not going to work. And I am, as I get older, as I learn how to manage myself better, I'm learning how to take consistent action, whatever that voice is saying. Some of you may not know that I work one-on-one with yoga teachers as a mentor and a coach. If you know somebody who might be interested please direct them to this podcast so that they can get to know me a little bit. Or if you are interested in finding out more about how to work with me, go to teachingyoga.net and click the work with me tab. Working with paying clients is what enables me to provide this free content for all yoga teachers around the world. When you refer other yoga teachers to me who are already looking for mentorship or maybe don't know that they're looking for mentorship, but you can tell that they would benefit from it, that is a really easy way to support the work I'm doing and hopefully also provide value and benefit to the person because that's my, <laughs> that's my main goal when I work with someone is definitely to more than pay for myself. And the best way for people to get started with me is just to listen to this podcast. So I really appreciate it every time that you refer someone to listen to the podcast, whether they're looking for mentorship or not, doesn't really matter because they might, eventually, they might eventually be looking for it later or they might know somebody and they might listen to this particular episode and, and have somebody in mind. So thank you so much to everybody who's been spreading the word. That means literally the world to me right now. It's like the hugest, hugest gift. So let's dive into the reality check now around being a full time yoga teacher versus a part time yoga teacher. During my 100 Conversations project, which as of right now, as of today, I have spoken with 97 of them. I've got three more scheduled. I got to talk to such a huge variety of yoga teachers from around the country and even around the world. And these teachers were teaching many different styles and many different formats. Uh, for many l- different lengths of time, from having just graduated from teacher training all the way to people who've been teaching for twenty or thirty years. So, during this during this project, I would ask people about their challenges, their goals, their dreams, and one theme I came across a lot is the desire to teach yoga full time, to actually make their full living a decent living teaching yoga and not need to rely on another job. However, according to the 2016 Yoga in America study put together by Yoga Journal and Yoga Alliance, 71% of yoga teachers in the United States have another source of income. So that's about two-thirds of yoga teachers do not teach full-time and one-third do. I am actually a little bit surprised that even one-third do. And maybe that's a little bit skewed because I think that Newer teachers were more likely to sign up for my 100 Conversations project, but I would say in the project that I did, it was more about more like maybe 10% taught yoga full time. So if you are a part of the 71% of yoga teachers who don't make your entire living off teaching yoga, I'd like to share what I've learned so far about how and why to become a full time yoga teacher and also why you might decide actually that that is not for you and you'd rather stick to being a part time yoga teacher. Or if you are a full-time yoga teacher and you're one of the many who is exhausted, burnt out, and looking for for some insight on why it's not working out like you thought, you will benefit from this episode as well. Many of the yoga teachers that I spoke with, both full-time and part-time, have told me that since they started teaching, their personal practice suffered. They're constantly either running from class to class, planning their classes, or thinking about their students. If you got into teaching for the love of yoga, as pretty much all yoga teachers do, it can be a harsh wake-up call to notice that your yoga practice has suffered because of your teaching. I talked about this a bit in episode two on keeping your classes fresh, but I think it's a benef- It's beneficial to regularly ask ourselves, why are we teaching? What was the initial drive that started us down this path? And do we still feel the same way? Are we still... re? teaching for the same reasons. If you ask a current yoga teacher this question, the first thing that they will usually talk about, the first thing that will usually pop into your head is your students. We, we as yoga teachers, we feel a great responsibility towards our students, but sometimes I think that yoga teachers feel too much responsibility. We are definitely here to serve them But when we decide that they need us to keep teaching, in a way, we're robbing them of their autonomy and their power. They are on their own life journey. So sometimes I notice that yoga teachers get a little bit enmeshed in their students, and they'll tell me stories about, oh, there's this class at this place, and the environment's not working for me, the management's not working for me, but the students, I just can't leave the students. That's valid. I definitely understand making the choice to teach in a situation that's not always ideal because it's really feeding you in one way or another. But what I would invite you to do in that case is to really make a conscious choice to make peace with the elements of that class that aren't ideal so that you can focus on what is working for you, what is feeding you. And if it isn't, that's the moment to really honor that your students are going to be okay without you, or perhaps they will actually follow you. And sometimes when we let go of one set of students, that is making room for a set that ends up being even more rewarding to work with. So I think that when we get enmeshed with our students in that way and feel like, we're I don't know, like a martyr, or we we're stuck, we can't leave in in a way that is actually kind of a sneaky form of ego. And just to be clear, I believe ego is necessary for living in the world. So I don't think that I'm not here to eradicate my ego. i'm I want to be in relationship with it. And I do want to be aware of how it's guiding my decision making rather than having it guiding me subconsciously. So what I hope to do with the rest of this episode is to offer some ways of thinking about being a yoga teacher that might be new for some of you and then to invite you to make some choices about the structure of your teaching that are based on your most important reasons for being for being a teacher and also your most cherished values. The reality check is that being a full-time yoga teacher usually means being an entrepreneur. While sometimes the word entrepreneur conjures up the image of, you know, 20-hour work weeks in glamorous locations making an impact, you probably won't be surprised to hear that the reality, at least especially at first, is much less glamorous, especially when you get into uh, teaching yoga as an entrepreneur. Being an entrepreneur means taking risks. It means going without, bootstrapping, doing it yourself. It means a lot of tasks that don't look like yoga at all. Things like creating and updating a website, planning, coordinating, marketing, events, bookkeeping, accounting, and probably a whole bunch of other things that aren't coming to the top of my head right now. While the goal is definitely to outsource a lot of these things eventually, we all know that outsourcing takes money. So until you are covering your own financial needs plus enough to, to pay for these things, you're going to have to do them yourself as an entrepreneur. If you ask people why be an entrepreneur, Usually there, at least what came to my head, was three basic motivations. One is financial gain or financial potential. Two is freedom. And three is impact. We know that we have more capacity to earn money in the long run when we work for ourselves. We also become the decision maker in our business. And the dream is to be able to incorporate self-care, organize time off, and focus on our zone of genius while outsourcing the rest. And most people imagine that they can make a bigger impact on the world by being an entrepreneur than by being an employee. And I think that these are all valid and to some degree true reasons, meaning that they can come to fruition, for choosing to be a full-time yoga teacher, especially if you choose that within the context of knowing that you're an entrepreneur. However, I think it's also important to realize that at some level, all of these desires are ego-driven. So it's not that I think that yoga teachers who want to have an impact are particularly ego-driven. Actually, quite the contrary, which is part of why so many of them struggle. There's some inherent conflict here between being an entrepreneur and being a yogi. I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to make a decent living. I don't even think it's, it's wrong to want to be wealthy. I don't think it's wrong to want to be in charge of how you spend your time. And I think it's pretty wonderful to be driven to have a positive impact on the world. However, let's examine how these three desires or reasons for becoming an entrepreneur line up with the reality of making, living, making a living teaching yoga. If we want to become an entrepreneur for financial gain, yoga is not the best way to do that. Not even close. Yes, it is a billion dollar industry, but the way that the market has developed, most of that goes to big corporations and not independent yoga teachers. Second reason reason number two freedom. Many yoga teachers do have flexibility in how they spend their time, but if the finances aren't flowing, as yoga teachers, we often don't feel free because we feel pressure to say yes to every opportunity. The third reason, impact, is probably the biggest one for people who want to be a yoga entrepreneur. We become yoga teachers because we love the practice, because the practice changed our lives, perhaps saved our lives. And we know that we can help others by sharing our practice with them. So I do think that is a a valid and, and important reason to choose this path. And at the same time, I want you to choose it with your eyes wide open about what you would be stepping into, especially this next piece, which might sound a little controversial, but I want you to hear me out and sit with it for a little bit. And also know that I'm definitely talking about myself just as much as anybody else. I believe that being a full-time yoga teacher in this capitalist culture that we live in is in some ways opposite to the goals of yoga. The goals of yoga include seeing through the illusions of the physical world, connecting with our true self, being walking through this world knowing what's real and w- what's not real. Being an entrepreneur, on the other hand, requires diving very deeply into these illusions and capitalizing on them. Now, ultimately, our goal as yoga teachers who are entrepreneurs is to guide people back to the truth, but it is easy to get lost along the way. And I'm not saying it can't be done, but referring to the Yoga Sutras, the third Pada of the Yoga Sutras talks about the cities the ability of yogis to manipulate the material world and to achieve success or to achieve you know the appearance these these in the context of the yoga sutras it's these mystical powers but in the modern context it would be you know a following it would be charisma things like that so the big message of pada 3 is that these cities are the biggest danger they're the biggest obstacle on your road on on your path of yoga because they can be distracting and they can have you get caught up in the powers themselves so you get caught up in the wealth you get caught up in the fame perhaps or the you know The trappings of your business, and you forget your initial deep values and reasons for doing this. So, being an entrepreneur on the topic of yoga is a pretty dangerous approach to yoga. If you are primarily a seeker and your own practice, your own Growth as a yogi is your top priority, and especially if you don't have a stomach for risk taking, then teaching part time as service is a much cleaner, clearer, and more direct path to having an impact than making your living as a yoga teacher. With that said, I personally have decided to venture down the rockier path of entrepreneurship, and I'll share why I've made that choice. I thrive on making sense of complex challenges. I feel most alive in the realm of the gray area. I definitely want to make an impact. I really want to help people. And I also recognize that, that on some level, that is ego-driven. So as I said earlier, my worldview involves engaging with my ego and not trying to annihilate it. I have a... Need, I believe, to live in a way that's authentic and engaging and a little bit edgy. And that actually keeps me more honest and real and true to myself than if I get too comfortable, I fall into unhealthy patterns. So for me, at this stage of my life, the path of the entrepreneur, that's so funny. I'm like, It's such a complex word, I feel like I'm tripping over myself, but (laughs) i got to say it a lot in this episode. The path of the entrepreneur is my yogic path, and I know it's the right format for me to use my strengths to develop my weaknesses and to gain awareness around my blind spots. I want to use entrepreneurship as a vehicle for my yoga practice. While at the same time recognizing the inherent conflict within that goal. Like I said, I am good with gray areas. I am okay with messing up, kind of. I mean, in theory, I'm okay with messing up, but in reality, I hate it and I resist it. And I also have done it enough to know that that's a really powerful place for me to grow. Ultimately, I believe and hope that I'm going into this with my eyes as open as possible. I know I will get smacked around a little bit. And I also know that I have a very strong support network to help me handle that, to help me lick my wounds when I need to and to move forward. So I am specifically choosing a path that I know is not the most direct because it makes me come alive. I I believe it makes me be my best self. And that is a value for me. That is a top value for me. One of the things that I want to help you do is to structure your yoga teaching and your practice to align with your top priorities. So I'm going to take you through a series of questions to help you clarify whether or not teaching yoga full time is a well-formed goal for you. And then we'll talk about how to move forward either as a fully committed entrepreneur or as a fully committed part-time yoga teacher. The first question I'd like you to ask yourself is, why do I teach yoga? Most people that I spoke with, that I have spoken with, would answer something like, I teach yoga because it has been so profound with me, for me that I want to share it with others. This is a beautiful motivation, and I do want you to hold on to your version of that and whatever other nuances there are for you. For myself, another nuance is that being a yoga teacher has always felt like a huge responsibility to commit to my practice and my studies. And I don't think I would have stuck to my practice and to studying yoga so consistently over many years and life changes if I didn't have this egoic identity as a yoga teacher even though I've definitely struggled, like many of you I spoke with, of balancing my personal practice with teaching, I do feel like ultimately being a teacher has deepened my practice in a big, big way. The second question I'd like you to ask yourself is what other priorities and responsibilities are important to you? Are you a parent who wants to spend time with your kids while they're little? Are you in a relationship and you want to focus on your partner? Do you have an art form or another aspect of your life that you're devoted to and and you want to be able to have enough time for that? Basically list anything in your life that is more of a priority to you than teaching yoga. That could definitely include your personal practice. And the third question is, do I want to be an entrepreneur? Are you willing to learn the skills that you don't currently have? Are you up for working long hours? Do you have some resources to invest in your business? Are you willing to borrow money, maybe, to make that happen? And can you endure uncertainty and the possibility of failure? Fourth and final question kind of wraps these all together. Can you reconcile the demands of being an entrepreneur with your reasons for teaching, your deepest values, and your other priorities? As you ponder these questions, I hope it is starting to become clear to you whether being a full time yoga teacher is the right vision for you. Meaning, is it a goal that you can fulfill without sacrificing your your deep values? without sacrificing yourself? And more importantly, is it something that lights you up or does it fill you with dread? I think sometimes the benefits of not doing that, of being a part-time yoga teacher, of holding down another job or maybe doing that, teaching yoga and being a mom at the same time are undervalued. If you have another job that pays your bills, a career that supports your family, or some other way of making ends meet, you get to take a huge load of potential stress and a whole bunch of not fun tasks off your plate. You get to teach yoga just for the joy and pleasure of sharing your passion with others and maybe a little spending money. If you think that part time teaching, Might be the path for you, at least for now. I invite you to take a deep breath and savor the lightness of getting to share yoga as a hobby, kind of a side hustle, without the stress of being an entrepreneur. Know that in some ways you will be better equipped to really show up for your students because hopefully you'll have fewer distractions. And when you're focusing on yoga, you can focus just on yoga and not on. Business. On the other hand, if you still want to be a full time yoga teacher because the idea of being an entrepreneur feels like a good match for your talents and your values, I definitely want to support you in creating a full time career teaching yoga. One of the things I'm passionate about is helping yoga teachers think outside the box of the expected ways we offer yoga to create new business models that are a win win for teachers and students. If you would like to work with me on that topic, I offer one-time strategy sessions and also ongoing coaching support. I think I mentioned this earlier in the episode, but my website is teachingyoga.net. Click the work with me tab at the top for more information. We will definitely be continuing this conversation on the Yoga Teacher Resource private Facebook group, and I'd love to hear which side of the fence you've decided to land on for now. Are you gonna be a yoga entrepreneur or a proud part time teacher? And if you have somehow landed one of those unicorn jobs teaching yoga full time and it's really working for you, I've definitely talked with a few people who are making that happen. I'd love to hear from you also. Is this, you know, are you content here? Do you see yourself staying in this full time yoga job indefinitely? Or do you have a vision for launching out on your own at some point? If you are not yet a member of the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group, I invite you to join by going to teachingyoga.net, click the Join Our Community tab, and that'll, that'll take you to a link to request membership. We get into a ton of really interesting conversations about teaching yoga on that group. And lately, something that's been happening is some fun giveaways. I think I started a giveaway and then other people like came and jumped in and started doing their own giveaways, just like a random gift to other members. So that's been really sweet and fun. It's also a great place to stay in touch and just suggest podcast episodes, topics, and even podcast guests. So I hope you'll join me on the Yoga Teacher Resource Facebook group. And either way, I'll see you next week.